Hi, friend. It is Pride Month, and we are so excited you are here. We are excited that you are willing to be an ally and an advocate for those who are in the queer community. If you are queer, we are so happy to celebrate you this month. Now, we have a simple, easy way for you to celebrate the individuals who are queer in your life, and we can do that by educating ourselves, by learning more, and by also having things in our home that show we are allies and advocates. We have a coloring book that you can purchase right now. We are selling it only for Pride Month. This is such a great way to start conversations. It has two pages of queer terminology. Next Pride Month, we are going to have volume two and be able to include more queer terms so that you can add to your vocabulary. But we believe you should start simple and in a place that feels manageable. So you can pick up the Love Boldly Coloring Book via the link in our show notes. Go get yours today. And during this month, we are holding a coloring contest. Do you remember when you were little and you loved like coloring the pictures from the store and then they would get hung up in the store? We are doing that except via social media. So go find your coloring book, pick up your coloring book, and then color the page that has Steve and Penny on it. And tag us on social media when you do so that we can enter you into our coloring contest. We want you to have a great Pride Month. We want you to find new ways to be an ally. This is a simple way to do that. It also makes the perfect gift to send somebody to show that you are loving and supportive of them and their journey as they are coming out or as they've been out, just whatever it is to send somebody to show them that you are there supporting them. It is a great gift send it with, you know, the a pack of Crayola coloring pencils and it will be so awesome. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Thank you for being here. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband in Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be open and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself and then others like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. Last episode, yep. we got into some pretty deep stuff. Some relationship. Yeah. And it was at the very peak or low, which, what do we call it? The low of Jessica and Steve's relationship. Yep. The beginning of the end. That was seven years into your marriage? Mm-hmm. Yes. Just and about. now, let's go back and start from the very beginning. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Okay. Let's get to know each other. Yeah, where do you want to start? Let's start with you, Jessica. All right. Go ahead, Jessica. Let's start with you. Let's let's get to know Jessica a little bit more and her background and where she comes from and why she does it. All right. Ready? Jessica. Grew up mostly in Idaho, although I have lived a bunch of places, including Ohio, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma, Colorado Springs, Maryland. But mostly Idaho. And Belize. But mostly Idaho. Idaho is home. Growing up, I was raised in the LDS Church, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Most of you will know us as Mormons. I have always been active in that church and still am. I grew up singing as long as I can remember, I was singing, I was on stage performing, and I loved it. Always have, always will. I didn't do very many sports. I started doing sports, and then 
had some heart problems, so they made me stop until we got that fixed. But then as an adult, I've taken up running. I love working out, anything active. It's my jam, man. It's my passion. All right. I have my passions. Did you love elementary school? Elementary school was fine. I don't Junior remember high? it. You, you don't, don't remember, remember elementary school. <laughs> it was a rather large chunk of your childhood. You guys, I don't remember stuff from when I was a kid. Why? Elementary school? I remember like a few little moments. What, like I remember... What elementary school did you go to? I remember one of the elementary schools <laughs> I went to. Actually, I remember two. I remember two of them. I went to White Pine Elementary and I went to Washington in Pocatello. Both in Pokey? No. One here. Boise one in Pokey. Boise, one in okay. Pocatello. I remember one time I beat a kid up in the playground. You jerk. Yeah. What did he ever do to you? He was mean. Okay. So would you? So obviously elementary school's out. Junior high, high school, you remember that? Junior high and high school, I do remember more. I mostly remember that was the time that I realized boys were fun and that I could, like, there's a, it's just fun. Flirting's fun. You can have an impact on them. You can, yeah. What does that mean? I liked boys. I don't know. I just dated a lot and had a good time. I remember when I was having my heart surgeries, I got like all these little notes from boys. I had my first one when I was in seventh grade and then another one in 10th. And just, it was, they paid attention and they were sweet. And I realized that, you know, there was this nice side of boys too. Awesome. I dated a lot. What was your family life like? My family is awesome. I have two older brothers and my parents are great. I've always been super close with them. My mom is, well, my mom and my dad are two of my best friends. My dad and I still work out together. We go running together. We do races together. And my mom and I shop together. Do returns together. We do returns together. <laughs> so, yeah. Your parents are pretty rad. My parents are pretty rad, and we now live like three blocks away from them, and Matt tolerates that pretty well. Yep. <laughs> They're pretty easy to tolerate, though. Are they? <laughs> <laughs> Depends how you're feeling right. that day, I guess. All right. Next question. What is the one thing that you can remember that probably impacted your growing up and your childhood that has formed you into who you are now? I mean, probably the biggest thing in my life consistently was my family in the church. I mean, that had a ton of influence as to who I've become and what I want to do with my life. So that's probably the biggest. I don't, like I said, I don't remember like huge instances that were life changing. It was like a lot of little things along the way that spoke to me and that I remember that got me to where I am today. I remember though, I feel like I was put in, in situations dating I was thinking about this, that gave me the opportunity to have hard conversations with the guys I was dating and not that anything was going on between us, but things that they were dealing with. And I wasn't scared to bring those things up or to call them out on it or to discuss those things with them. And I think that really, at that time, gave me a sense of who I was, that I was confident enough in who I was to be able to help somebody else with their issues and not take it personally. Okay. What kind of things are you talking about? I had a boyfriend who was getting into pornography and stuff when we were like 16, 17. And we had this big discussion about how that could be just as harmful to him 
in ways if he kept like consistently looking at it and the issues with that because that wasn't something he really felt was a, a right thing to do. So he talked about that. In the Mormon church, a lot of guys when they're 19 years old go on missions. And so I was, I had numerous guys write to me and tell me that I was influential and then going on their missions and doing mm. those things. When I was going through all of those letters and pictures and stuff from <laughs> growing up, that was one thing I found like five or six letters from guys that I had received that were like, hey, thanks. I wouldn't have gotten here if it wasn't for you. And it was just interesting because I don't really remember those moments, but then I have all of these things. I have journal entries and different things that have reminded me of those. And so clearly there was something influential or Im impactful that I think you they did knew, for them, whatever it was. It was a little bit similar to how you and I, Steve and I, had it in our marriage is that I was able to, they knew I still loved them and cared about them. You were a safe place. Yeah, it was a safe place for them to come to and to talk about issues and things that they were having. So I guess that's been something that's been my gift for a long time. Does cool. that answer your question? Yeah, totally answers my question. Anything else that we should know about you? I have a daughter now. Steve and I have, I have a, a daughter too. Oh my gosh. I have a daughter too. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve and I have a daughter together. And as of this moment, she is nine and awesome. And at swim team at the moment. She is at swim team. And then I have two stepkids, Matt's kids, and they are 11 and 12. All of our kids are a year and a half apart, totally unplanned. Yep, 17 months. Yeah. Steve, tell us about you. Okay. Tell, about, tell us about you and your experiences growing up. Okay. Where are you from? Born and raised in Idaho. Born in Twin Falls. Grew up in southeast Idaho. Went to college in Pocatello, Idaho State University. I guess I shouldn't be jumping that far ahead. What should, <laughs> I, be, what should say, I be telling about my child? from born, <laughs> born to Twin Falls to, to college in Idaho. All right, all right. Let's go in back Bo a little Pocatello. bit. Clearly, I didn't plan this out as well as Jessica did. <laughs> I am the middle child of five in my family. I have an older brother and sister, two younger sisters. Also grew up Mormon. I didn't realize you're... You have two younger sisters? Yes. Okay. Pretty sure you've met them both. I think I've met them <laughs> he both. He has. But I yeah. didn't realize, yeah, they were both younger than you. And um, grew up kind of out in the country, like with a bunch of farm farmers. My parents aren't farmers, but we lived out there. My dad likes the country life, so to speak. And uh, grew up in a neighborhood with a bunch of kids that were like a year older than me and a year younger than my brother. So we okay. would both hang out with all of them. I was, uh, you know, I would do things like, I grew up moving pipe, like, that was my first job. Drove spud truck in the harvest. You did Once that I got after older. we got married, I too. did, after, yeah, after we were married. I loved that job. <laughs> I was a pretty serious kid, much like Penny is now, our daughter. Liked, I liked to follow the rules. I liked to know what was expected of me. I had pretty high expectations of myself. Sometimes I needed to let loose a little more than I did, but... And I was really into the church. I really liked, that was really important to me. And uh, You were an amazing musician. I played piano and sang. Mm -hmm. And Did you do sports growing up? Uh, I did a little bit. Basketball, soccer, a couple things. They were never something I really enjoyed. I kind of did them because I felt... Jessica, you really didn't know that? 
Like you'd been married to him for seven years. You had no idea that he did some <laughs> I sports and stuff. I couldn't remember. I mean, I know you played tennis, right? I did tennis in high school. Yeah. Yeah. But I couldn't remember like as a kid if you did much I did. I did. It was not something I ever was real passionate about. So okay. I don't think I did it for super long. But I did jazz band in high school. I played piano in that. I taught piano. Eventually, I, I took piano lessons for like 10 years. And then I taught when I was in high school. Mostly just like a bunch of girls in the ward and in the neighborhood. That's where you got all the dates. Not just girls, but kids. Oh, kids. That's where I got what? I was just kidding. <laughs> you said girls in the neighborhood. Oh. Sounding like girls you should date. <laughs> no, just like little little neighborhood girls. Like, all right. Yeah. What else? Then junior. Oh, I always, from like a super young age, and unlike you, Jessica, I have a ton of memories of being a kid. Like I lived in Twin Falls till I was five and i have so many memories of twin falls and some of my mom thinks i must have been like two years old but just like super vivid memories of just a fun happy childhood and just the things we did and the silly games we played and like we grew up in this little house that was right next to this guy this this farmer and we'd go like play in his barn and on his farm equipment and crawl around on his tractors and we just thought it was great and we had no idea until way later in life that that farmer just hated us kids really? <laughs> we, were say, just, I... we were just a pain in his side and i don't blame him i'm sure we were we were always out in his messing with all this stuff and now where were your parents at this time <laughs> good question <laughs> i don't know i'm sure, I'm sure. Okay. my you know my mom stayed home with us my dad worked super hard as a CPA, but I always knew that I wanted to be a dad. Like I remember when I was young enough, like I was home with my mom when all my siblings were at school. So I wasn't even school age yet. And just talking to my mom about how old I would have to be before I could be a dad. <laughs> and the number 24 stuck in my head. I don't know if she told me that or where that came from, but I always just wanted to be 24 so I could be a dad. 24 years old. So Steve could be a dad. Yes. What part of school did you like the most? Elementary, middle school, junior high, high school? Uh, grade school. Grade school? Yeah. Why? Is it just fun? I think it was... Like that free... It was fun and it was good. And I think I I had friends in grade school. Once I got to junior high, things got kind of weird. And I kind of didn't really connect with people for a while until high school. Yeah. Um, I had one good friend in seventh grade who came out as gay in ninth grade and I never spoke to him again. My goodness. Which I feel horrible about. I have since. I've reached oh, out to him. I was just going to say, even till today. Yeah. And uh, all through high school and everything, I just... Do you think that was because you were scared? I was homophobic. I was terrified to get anywhere near anything the least bit gay. And looking back, I know why. It's because it was... Because it drew out some side of me that I wasn't comfortable with. And did not want to engage or acknowledge. And so I just had to stay clear, away far away it. from it. Mm. And that's very much what I did for, you know, my entire 29 years and the church and in our marriage and whatever was stay as far away from this stuff as I could. If you could go back and tell Steve at that time, what would you tell him? Especially in reaction and relationship with that specific kid. I don't know what to say to that. Do you think you would change anything? I don't think I would change anything just because 
we ended up in a great place. It was we are in a great place now and Penny is the most amazing kid ever. And I really feel like if there was any tiny little change to anything in my history that we would not have ended up where we are now and we would not have this amazing daughter. Yeah. But I suppose the advice I would give myself is to just not be so hard on myself. Yeah. To just to like myself, to just be happy with who I am and, you were a good just, kid. Yeah. Well, and it was kid. like, we should talk about you dating. Okay. But I wanted to bring up the fact that in in the fact that you were a good kid, the idea that you told us how the moms in the ward, you were the one that they always wanted their daughters to marry. Right. Lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> when you say lots, like 15? Oh, I don't know. Probably like eight or nine. Okay. It's a lot. But it was because you were a good kid. Yeah, I was a good kid. And it was very important to me. Like, like I remember like when I was, you know, in the Mormon church, when you turn 12, you get the priesthood as a young man. And that was a very significant thing for me. And I remember taking that so seriously at like age 10, 11, working up to that and knowing that I needed to like prepare myself spiritually and like I had to be ready for this. And it was like a privilege to have this priesthood. And it was a big deal to me. And same thing at age 14, getting a, you know, kind of you advancing go from deacon to, yeah, advancing, advancing in this priesthood progression and, yeah. and uh, getting into high school, junior high and high school, they had the seminary program in school and it was super important to me to be involved in that and to try and make that a part of my daily life. And then I was seminary president in high school. I was just going to ask, I thought you were seminary president. I was. Dated all the girls. Dated all the girls. <laughs> so one of those journals, because I pulled out that box of journals to go through this stuff and like kind of try and refresh my memory on some of these things. My first journal that was like from age eight through 17 or something like that. Obviously, I didn't write very much in it, but so much girl drama. Good grief. <laughs> Penny and I, were, she was out there with me when just sitting on the couch when I was pulling it open and I'm just flipping through pages and it's like, Talking about this girl, and then another girl, and then another girl. <laughs> Penny thought it was quite funny that there were so many of them, and that I was ever into girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's never really... She's never known that side of me. Uh-uh. She was too little, and we got divorced. Right. Okay. Um, I served a mission in Bolivia, Santa Cruz, Bolivia. That was something I worked up to for my whole teenage years. I took that very seriously Mm -hmm. and I loved it. I was a great missionary. I was very successful in helping a lot of people to learn the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when Steve talks about when he was young, he should have loosened up a little more. Yeah. His mission president told him this numerous times too. Elder, you're keeping all the rules. You're doing good. You need to loosen up. Yeah, we'd, we'd <laughs> go to these mission conferences, <laughs> which you know about, Matt. You know, yeah. every month or so you have this mission conference where the mission president gets all the missionaries together and is like, elders, we've got to do better. We have got to be more obedient. We have got to stick to our goals. We've got to be, clean. you know, our minds need to be more pure and more clean and we need to pray more and all these things. And Follow the rules. And I'm just taking all these notes like, gosh, I got to do better. I got to do better. And then... Right after the conference, the mission president would call you in and have an interview, and he'd say, Elder Stoddard, you got to quit being 
so obedient and so <laughs> like loosen up it is okay to have some fun on your mission didn't you like glue your hair in place once well there's a mission rule there's a mission rule that you had to have a part in your hair like you know there's rules about everything as a missionary how you yep. dress how you act what you say what you don't like so many things including you had to have a certain haircut with a part in it and at some point they cut my hair and it was too short it was like a buzz cut and I was, this is how ridiculous I was and how letter of the law that I was so concerned about the fact that I didn't have a part in my hair anymore. So I took a glue stick and glued a part into my buzz cut so that I could actually get the hair to stay down. Yeah. It was excessive. <laughs> I mean, this But is that's how, crazy. this is how I was. Like, I was very letter of so the law. So what would your mission president say about your hair right now? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All day, people have been saying, gray? You dyed your hair gray? And I'm like, yeah, gray's in. <laughs> Grayish purple. Platinum. What was the, um, so your experience on your mission, would you say it was great, good? I would say it was great. I really yeah. loved my mission. Yeah? I worked super hard. I learned so much about myself and about discipline and about serving other people. And That's going to be putting... my next question. Do you think it formed you? Absolutely. To who you were? I am not who you are. involved in the church anymore. Mm -hmm. That's not my belief system anymore, but I absolutely have no regrets about what I taught these people. They were, you know, it's the bottom line is I was, we were teaching people to be better and to try to be better and to be better husbands and fathers and better wives and mothers and yeah. to serve their fellow man and to believe in something right. and to set goals for yourself. And those are all good things. And it was great to see, especially in a country like Bolivia, where it was so common for like mom and kids to be these great hardworking people and dad to just be this deadbeat. I hate to say it but this deadbeat drunk who spends yeah. all the family money and beats them all and so to come in and, and teach someone that this is not okay and this is not the way you should be living your life and then see them right. make a change it was really really a good thing and it was huge for me I learned Spanish I lived in a foreign country gained so much perspective on life and it was great for me it was great for the people I worked with it was very much a learning experience. I did learn to loosen up over those two years. <laughs> <laughs> you had loosened up by the time I met you. Yeah. I mean, you were still very, I mean, in the church and active and stuff. But but Jessica, you and I have always said that if we had met each other even days prior, weeks prior to than when we did, we would not have clicked. It's very true. We it's would not have true. been in a place where we would have been drawn to each other at all. All right. So where did you guys meet? We met at ISU. Mm -hmm. When we were in college. So, yeah. All right. College. Yep. Do you want us to get into that? Sure. What were you guys studying? I was studying vocal performance at the time. And Steve was studying... Business management. Yep. And your final... I didn't end up in vocal performance. So, I minored in vocal performance and I ended in family and consumer science. I changed like shortly after Steve and I got married. Just realized I wasn't happy doing that anymore and had no idea what the heck I would do with it. So, well, you would perform vocally, <laughs> like Thanks, talking Matt. to people and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm doing now. I guess. I don't know what you do with a vocal. You sing. It's singing. That's, <laughs> that's speaking, Matt. So, yeah. Did you finish with a, a business degree? Yeah, a bachelor's degree in business management. Okay. He stuck to it. 
So yeah. All right. We can get into the nitty gritty of Steve and I meeting. Okay. Dating. That can be another episode. Another episode. I know you said you were going to ask this question, but you haven't yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to ask the question. A question. Oh, okay. Okay. So, Steve, growing up, what was the major event or event that you feel impacted your life and set it, you know, set it up? So, my dad did this thing that he called Reality 101 with all of us kids. When once we got to, I don't know at what age he started, I was probably 12 or something, but it was basically, it was a Sunday night class, basically, where we'd all get together in the basement on beanbag chairs, and he had, a, he had his whiteboard, we on our beanbag chairs, and he had a list of like a hundred different topics, and we'd just go through them all one at a time, and it was just things, just preparing us for life, things like going to high school, going to college, getting a degree, uh driving a car, uh, dating, marriage, sex, traveling to foreign countries, learning a foreign <laughs> language, just anything and everything, you know, balancing a checkbook, having a credit card, credit scores, just... So basically your dad would have all of these classes where he, he would be the teacher of the class? Yes. Okay. And just fill us in on things that he thought would... Did your mom teach to know. these classes too? No, just my dad. Okay. It's very much my dad's thing. And very much my dad's style. He's he was very always very is very formal and very not one for chit chat. Okay. Not you know. This was this was his way of being this was his involvement. <laughs> it's like Matt and I, a good way to describe Steve's dad. Matt and I were trying to explain to Penny the difference between being friendly and being nice, because there's a difference. And we said, Penny, think of grandpa. Your dad's dad. Is he friendly? And she's like, oh, no. I said, but he's nice, right? And she's like, yes, he is nice. And so there's like a little difference there. Yeah. He's just very businesslike. He is very businesslike. He's nice. He's not necessarily like bubbly. Right. No. <laughs> no, no one has ever described my father as bubbly. Bubbly. <laughs> I wonder if somebody's described me as bubbly. I don't think so. <laughs> and I, I have had a pretty hit and miss. So, I guess that's my question now. Am I friendly or am I nice? You're friendly. <laughs> right? Sometimes. I was going to say sometimes. You're pretty serious that. too, Matt. <laughs> but he's not. He just waits for the right moment to like yeah. bust in. Right. Continue what you're saying about your dad. I was going to say he and I have always had a pretty hit and miss relationship. And very hit and miss now. Mostly miss. <laughs> <laughs> but I do really appreciate the his reality one on one classes that there's a lot of good stuff to know and you again, feel like they've helped you throughout your oh life. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's like I was cool. much more prepared for a lot of things than a lot of people. Not that it's a comparison, but there were just a lot of things that when they came up I was like, Yeah, I know I know the basics of this scenario. That's cool. good. All right. All right, Matt. So my name's Matt. Hi, Matt. Hi. I was born in Pocatello, Idaho. I lived there until I was five. I have some really good memories of growing up in Pocatello, like kind of like Steve. Like I have some very vivid memories of where I grew up, the house I grew up in. In fact, one of them was, I, I loved Big Wheels growing up. <laughs> you remember Big Wheels? Of oh, course. Yeah. But we had this ramp up to, because the entryway to the house was on the second level. And so we had this big, long ramp up to the entry, entry door of the house down to the driveway. 
And I loved riding my big wheels down that. <laughs> but there was no railing on it. And so oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I fell off the, off the off, side off the side several times. And yeah, it was fun. I can totally picture yeah. this. <laughs> it's like, I mean, like good eight foot drop for, you know, a five-year-old. <laughs> I was going to say, and you're five. <laughs> you ever in one of those adult big wheels? Uh, no, not yet. You On should. my bucket list. They have an adult big wheel race somewhere oh. in San Francisco. That annually. sounds stupid. It does sound stupid and, some, and something that Matt would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then I moved to Idaho Falls, um, lived there for, I think, a year and a half. And then we moved to Boise. Lived here ever since. I've lived here ever since. It's funny that we've all lived in all the same places. Yeah, it is kind of funny. Huh? I never lived in Idaho Falls. Oh, I guess you not. didn't. No. Well, well just Boise. And just Pocatello. the cool kids lived in Idaho Falls, Pocatello, so. and Boise. <laughs> yeah, growing up, I did the typical kid thing: played soccer, played baseball, played every sport you could. every sport could, you could imagine. Gymnastics was a good sport that I kind of cling to. He went to nationals in gymnastics. I did. He competed at nationals. You fancy, yeah. Matt. Yeah. Let's see if we can get him in a Leo. <laughs> <laughs> For our cover artwork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Then I uh, I, I also, kind of kind of along the same lines as Steve, I, I wasn't as like, I wasn't looking forward to getting like the priesthood and all of that. I, I did it. I knew it was important. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go on a mission. I went on a mission. I wanted to leave my mission a day after I went into the MTC. But you didn't. But I didn't. And I stuck through it. And I... MTC is what? For those who don't know. I know. MTC, Missionary <laughs> yeah. Training Center. Right. It's where I... Yeah. You go and you prepare for your mission and learn Spanish in yep. this case. Learn Spanish. Where I did was, you serve? I served in Guatemala. And I, that's one of the things about... Like when I left on my mission, I was in the missionary training center from November 11th until January 16th, 2001. I can't believe you remember the exact day. So I was in the missionary training center for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. Mm. And it was... All the tough holidays to be away from. Yeah, away it was the home. worst. Yeah. It was, it was pretty bad. But set me up to have an awesome time in Guatemala and... Learned to love those people. So, what was your family life growing up? My family life growing up, it was great. I feel like my parents were fairly trusting in me and allowed me to basically manage my own life. That was a self manager. I was. And I would go out and play with my friends, and I knew exactly what time I needed to be home. And if I was late, I'd be in trouble for it. So, yeah, that was like elementary school, junior high, like. I was out playing with friends every every night, building jumps with my buddies. I think you might have been the most social out of the three of us, quite honestly. Yeah. For would... sure. Yeah. I... I mean, we were social, but it was more like dating and and it was more in high school. Don't you think? See, like yeah. growing Steve? up, I was pretty quiet. And growing up for me, like yeah, it yeah. was like, all right, what am I doing after school today? Who can play? Like whose house am I going to go over to? And what are we going to do? See, and I was just what like... What canal are we going to go swim in? Where are we going to build our jumps? Mm. What tree are we going to try and climb? I was like, I hope I'm invited to go out with my brother and the neighborhood boys. But at the same time, oh. I'm kind of scared to go out with my brother and the neighborhood boys. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, so I have 
I have an older brother. He's, I think, two and a half years older than me, right? Yeah. And then a younger sister and a younger brother who was adopted from Romania when I was at junior high. Or no, I was a junior in high school. Wait, who was adopted from Romania? Rodney. Yeah. What? Yeah. I had no idea. Yep. So, I mean, my brother and I were pretty close in age, but not close enough to be like, hey, I'm going to go hang out with him and his friends. Sure, I probably tried to do that a couple times, but there was, yeah. He had his friends. I had my friends. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know why that's just like blowing my mind right now. How did I not know that? That he was adopted? Yeah. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. Yep. And both your parents worked? Yep. My mom is an architect. She's, yeah. My dad, they both worked for the state of Idaho. My mom, my dad just retired last year, two years ago. Something like that. Can I tell a funny story about your mom and her job? Yeah. So Penny, who, when she was three, four years old, for some reason had this strange obsession with the Capitol building here in Boise. It's a beautiful building. It's stunning. Yep. But it's very strange that a three or four-year-old would want to just go spend her Saturdays there. So me and Penny would go on weekends and just... Wander around the Capitol, go through the rotunda, go up to where the little bird nests are outside the window, look at the big columns, go to the Senate room and all that. And then we go down to the theater. There's a little theater and watch the movies, the little 15-minute clips about they had just done this huge renovation, $80 million renovation on the Capitol. And we're watching the movie and and Penny, I guess how old would she have been at this point? You're if right. you guys were married now. Uh, yep, three or four. Gosh, it's hard to believe. I can't believe you guys have been married that long. Yep. <laughs> but... Penny's like, oh, there's my grandma Fru. And I'm like, honey, that's not your grandma Fru. <laughs> and then the next scene pops up and says, head architect of the Capitol State Renovation, Renovation Jan Fru. And I'm like, oh, that's your grandma Fru. <laughs> Apparently she's the head honcho of this project, which is impressive. Yep. It is impressive. She's good at what she does. Yeah. Both of my parents, yeah, they both worked. I remember when we... When we first moved to Boise, that was pr- probably the hardest transition for me growing up because we would go into daycare and we weren't used to daycare. And I, we should have been, but it was like an actual structured daycare that we'd never been to. We'd usually be watched by either my grandma or a family friend or family relative at their house. So we would actually go into daycare. And that was, I remember that was really hard for me. Why? Being away from your family or what? No, just, yeah. I don't know what it was. Structure. Mm. Structure. The structure uh, was hard. The structure and... Because you were used to lack of structure or loose structure? No, I just wasn't used to being around that many kids. I gotcha. Well, yeah. Jessica's making a face like... There was no structure in his grandma's house. <laughs> they would like go dig up her plants in the garden yeah, and they would true. pee on her dog. If she tried you would to pee on grandma's dog. Yes. And when she would try to catch him, like her, him and his cousin, they would climb up the laundry shaft so that she, or laundry chute, thank you, so that they she couldn't find him. So she would go downstairs, they would go up. <laughs> And then she'd come up to get him and they'd go down. Matt, you and I would not have been friends at that age. <laughs> no, you guys I would wouldn't. I would not have approved of your behavior. <laughs> oh, that was so fun. Yeah. Yeah, Bubbles would, uh, for some reason, Bubbles would hide behind the toilet. And, and so they'd just pee on him <laughs> on purpose. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> There's Bubbles while we're, we were just potty training. Putting it to good use, apparently. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's Bubbles behind him. Took plain swords to a whole new level. Wow. Yes. Gosh. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. you, you went to college. I did. I went to Boise State 
I went there for three years. I didn't finish my degree there. I was studying athletic training. All I had left was my clinical time. Okay, and here's another good point about that. You, the job you are currently working, you started when you were how old? 15 years old. 15. And now you own and run yeah. this business. Yep. Own and run the business. Yeah, when I was 15 years old in high school, I had an opportunity to go work for a, a friend, asked me if I wanted to go to work for his uncle who had a ton of leather jackets that needed to be shipped out to Nordstrom's. And I said, yeah, I like work, like, like make money. And so I went with him and I kept getting invited back to work and nobody else did. So. Cause you were yeah. a good worker. Yeah. So I worked with him ever since. I was going to say, so this is now your current business partner yep. who you started with when you were 15. Yep. And you've worked now with 36. him. He's now 36. That's so crazy to yep. me. Wow. But that wasn't my first job. I know. My first job was <laughs> landscaping. At I grandma's. Learned. Yeah. I heard what you did with her plants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was a good digger. Here's another good story about Matt. Matt's an entrepreneur and very much, I mean, that's his drive in life. Yes. Yeah, the, the whiteboard on the wall right now. When we started this recording, I said, what happened to our timeline that was on the whiteboard? And Jessica said, oh, Matt erased it because he's starting a new business as of last yeah. night. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, there's his business plan on our whiteboard. Yep. It's constant. And when Matt and I started dating, our first <laughs> date, I get in the car and we're driving around for a bit and I hear this like sloshing sound in the back, like so water. Turn, turn a corner. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, dude, after a while, like, what is in the back of your car? <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's the uh, vending machine, basically. What did you call it? Isn't that what you called it? Yeah. Yeah. Because at work, they had raised the price of the vending machines. He also worked at for UPS soda. for a while. Yeah. So this was at UPS. They'd raised the price of the vending machines. So Matt took things into his own hands. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so they, they raised the price of the sodas in the vending machine from 50 cents to 55 cents. How dare they? And everybody was like up in arms. I mean, these are like devoted union people, right? Of how could you raise it five cents? Who carries five cents? Who carries a nickel? Come on. And so I saw that as an opportunity mm. and I jumped all over it. I'm surprised so you didn't was, put Pepsi out of business. And literally the only time I went to his work to see him at that job, he's in, they're all standing around the trunk of Matt's car buying sodas and candy and all of this stuff. Dealing it was out of so your trunk. Funny. I see. He also in high school, took his parents' grill to school and took all of the hamburger patties and stuff out of their freezer and he would cook hamburgers and hot dogs at lunch and sell them to the teachers and stuff. Oh, funny. Yeah. So it started, yeah. Actually, that's how we got, that's how we got an A in history. <laughs> the reasons Matt made it through school. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. Literally made his way through school flipping burgers. Yep. yep. <laughs> funny. Yeah. Well, I think that's good. That's a good intro to us. We really just want to sit down today and let you guys know who whoa, we whoa, are. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't get to oh, the Oh, Matt's got to gotta share one more thing. Oh, yeah, the yeah. big question. Tell yeah. us your, ask yourself your question. Ask myself the question? I don't All have right. it in front of me. I so will ask what, the question. Oh, Steve's going to ask. Matt, tell us about some pivotal event or portion of your life that influenced you. Okay, so I got two of them, okay? Uh, no, only one. No, I got two. <laughs> um, so the... My, my parents always made it a point to travel, no matter how far it was, the distance, to a relative's event that was happening in their life. 
that we thought was important and that they thought was important. So graduation, graduations, baptisms, whatever it was, my parents would make it a point that we would travel and go support that family member. They still do. And they still do. Whether it's cousins, aunts and uncles, like whatever it was, my parents would always make it a point to show up in support. That's great. And yeah, it showed me that, you know, family's important and making sure that we support everybody is extremely important. Um, I, the second thing was when I was entering into the missionary training center, I remember my brother pulling me aside and he grabbed me by the shirt and he pulled me in and he said, don't let anybody push you around. <laughs> and my brother was like, he was, he's, he's a big, big guy. He's a big boy. Yeah. He was pushing probably like 280 at that time. And when he grabbed me and like pulled me in and was just like, don't let anybody push you around. Like that stuck with me for the rest of my life. Like not only did it get through my, help me get through my mission, but like even to this day, I think about that time and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to let anybody push me around. So you just like throw down on a regular basis? Yeah, throw down. (laughs) (laughs) No, but in a way that I'm not a fighter, but I am a, I don't know. How would you describe me, Jess? You're not going to let people mess with you. You're going to set up boundaries. You're going to make sure that things are okay. You're not going to let anybody mess with you. Right. So, yeah. There was just a loud bang. We don't know what it was. (laughs) We'll find out after we're done. One of our children? No. None of the kids are here. Right. (laughs) Anyways. So, yeah. That's us in a nutshell. We really just, like I said, wanted to introduce ourselves get some back history and then we'll get some more into the nitty gritty next time. Anything you want to say, Steve? He's shaking his head. Nope. So that means I just hope that this wasn't boring. (laughs) As always, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode of the Husband Law Podcast. We are so grateful you are here and we are so grateful for your love and support. If you got done listening to today's episode and you are wanting to find more clarity in your life, you are thinking, man, I would like to know where I go from here, whether that is because you've had a partner come out, you are going through a divorce, your spouse has had an affair, whatever. If you are going through something hard and you are looking for some clarity, or maybe you have just lost your sense of self in motherhood, in your work, in whatever it is, I have something for you. Hop on and get a free clarity call with me. That is correct, a free clarity call. You and I can talk face-to-face via Zoom and figure out what it is you are looking for. We can dive into the things you are struggling with, and we are going to help you be prepared to take bold action that will help you let go of feelings of anger, resentment, bitterness, all of those things that are so heavy to carry, and instead help you move forward with clarity. And you can do this without asking anyone else to change, without your situation changing, without leaving your religious beliefs, or whatever it may be. You can do all of this without those things changing unless you want them to. So if you are looking for some guidance and want to get on a call with me, get signed up today. I have four calls open each week, so you will want to claim yours now. You can head to the show notes and you can find the link there, or you can go to theboldlogic.com forward slash free call to get yours today. See you again next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Husband-in-Law. All right. Now we have a challenge for you. We challenge you to go give someone a huge hug or send a simple gratitude note who needs to receive it specifically from you. 
If you've enjoyed this episode and you haven't subscribed yet, please be sure to do so now. Also, don't forget to give us a review. We read every single one of them. Until next time, keep striving to make your relationship the best it can possibly be.